Good morning, everybody. I know, sorry, I've been away, been working the weekends, but I just want everybody to have completed the first NFL mainstream podcast that I will be doing, and it's the AFC North. And then I'll be going later this week into the NFC North, and then from there it'll be the Souths, and then the Easts, and then the Wests. So, Without further ado, I'm going to kick this off and get right into it because we have a whole lot to talk about within the AFC North. Okay, so those who don't know, the AFC North contains the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those teams play two divisions this year, the AFC East and the NFC West. Those teams being the Pats, the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. That's the AFC East. And then the NFC West is the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. So what I'm going to talk about is how I feel each one of those teams will do playing those two divisions as well as playing inside their own division as well as playing two different in-conference games based on schedule. So... For those who don't know how the NFL schedule works, based on how you did the previous season, you play in-conference games versus people who either finished around where you finished in their own division or around the same record. So I'm going to start right now. I'm just going to dive into understanding what I think and what I look like, what I look at at teams who I think will be successful in their own divisions. Okay, so the Holy Trinity of the NFL. Okay, that's that's what I believe that if you want to start an NFL team, you want it to be good, you need three things to be good. You need the ownership to be excellent or good to be a successful team. You need to have a good head coach. doesn't have to be a Belichick, but it needs to be someone with some kind of like coherent understanding of football. And he needs to have a proven track record of being good. It's hard for a first time head coach to make a team good unless the roster he inherits is good. Two, You need to have a quarterback. That's the biggest thing in the NFL. I shouldn't have to tell anybody that. Having a quarterback who is consistently above average in the top 10 of the league gives you a chance to win games no matter what. So looking around at these two divisions, you can see that a lot of these teams, the majority of them actually, fall into these categories of being in the Holy Trinity. You have the AFC North facing off against both defending AFC and NFC champions this year, the Pats and the Rams. Everybody in that division has to play them. Both have great ownership, both have great coaching, and both have great quarterback play. You have Pete Carroll out in Washington, who might not be as good as a coach as, say, Belichick, but he's still in the top 10 coaches in the league. They also have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Russell Wilson. The 49ers are on my teams to watch this year's list. This is a must-prove season for Jimmy Garoppolo. If you've been following that whole story, that's the guy Belichick wanted to secede Brady, but inner conflict, he was told by ownership to deal Garoppolo. And so now he's in, he's in San Francisco with the 49ers who has a pretty good head coach and Kyle Shanahan, who I think is a good offensive mind. And I think he can get a lot out of Jimmy G and Jimmy G is a franchise guy. If he stays healthy. So that leaves just the Bills, the Jets, the Finns, and the Cards left of teams who I think are not in that rung. But I think the Bills are like a team that could potentially take a next step forward because of how good their defense is. 
but I know for a fact the Jets, the Finns, and the Cards will be below 500 teams. They will not have winning records. So, now that we understand the opponents this year, we can start taking a look at the AFC team's schedules. I'll go from bottom to top on who I think will finish where. So finishing in last place in the AFC North will be the Cincinnati Bengals. This isn't really a surprise for anyone who follows football, I don't think. Okay, this is a total rebuild phase for them. They have a new head coach. Their defense was pretty much destructed. They have a few cornerstone pieces still there, but they were the worst defense in the league last year. They gave up 6,618 yards, and they averaged giving up per game 413.6 yards on average, which is terrible. <clears throat> I don't see them getting any any better at all this season. And then based on their record, they have to play two in-conference games versus the Jaguars and the Raiders. Both I see as better than the Bengals. Like they have better potential to win more games than the Bengals. So I think they will lose both those interconference games or it will be a close game. Now, granted, they, they could surprise me and they could put together a healthy offense, but I just don't see it. Their offensive line is missing pieces. They need to keep um they need to keep uh, Andy Dalton healthy. And to do that, they need a good offensive line, and their defense won't stop anybody from scoring and get the ball back to Dalton. I don't think Dalton's a horrible quarterback, but he's definitely not the guy that I would consider a franchise guy. I think this is really like a proving year for him. If Well, these next two, I think, just because they got this new head coach. If they don't figure it out with Dalton, he's going to be cast aside. So with all that being said, I think the Bengals will be about a 4-12, and 5-11 team at best, just based on who they have to play. Like I said, I told you the divisions. I told you their interconference player or their unique uh, teams they play interconference, and I just don't see them beating any of those good teams, such as the Pats, the 49ers, the Seahawks, or the Rams. So, and then they have to play the Steelers, the Ravens, and Cleveland twice. <clears throat> they could potentially beat. Like I'd say a team like the Baltimore Ravens or Cleveland at home maybe and split a game with one of those two, but I don't see that happening. I see them going like, you know, five and like one and five in the division somewhere in there. So I just don't see them having a good record. I just don't see them being a very good team. Like I said, four and 12, bottom of the division. Okay. Then the next part here was pretty hard for me, I, honestly, because <clears throat> of who I wanted to decide to make third. And I don't think there it's going to be a decided thing. I think you're going to find out who's going to be third in this division, like between like week 14 and 15, I think, is where it's really going to be separated out. So I have the Ravens here at third place, but they're only going to be like one loss behind, I believe, Cleveland possibly. Or you could see them become second and be like a one win above Cleveland. That's how close I think this division will be in this middle spot. So I, I think there'll be a huge separation between last place and third place, win-wise. Win <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think the Ravens will ultimately take a step back um, and fall short of the race for a potential wildcard spot in the AFC. There's just too many good like middle-tier AFC teams that this that, that wildcard spot is going to be 
pretty hard to obtain. Well, both those wild card spots are going to be hard to obtain. The easiest way to, to get to the playoffs this year for the AFC will be winning your division. So the Ravens had the first ranking defense last year, and it was uh, decimated after free agency by losing both Suggs and Mosley, and then they lost their pretty good edge rusher in Zadarius Smith. They did add back Earl Thomas, who I think they did overpay for, and they are trying this experiment out of a heavy run offense and a top-tier secondary. So take away the pass, get the ball back, run the clock out, and that worked last year at the half part of the season where they put in uh, Jamarcus Russell. Or not, Jesus, Jamarcus Russell. Wow. Uh, brain fart. No, uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Good thing it's not Jamarcus Russell. Holy crap. Um, they put in Lamar Jackson at the halfway point of the season last year, and he led the NFL in rushing. He beat every, or at the quarterback position, and he beat every basically set milestone ever of like of quarterback rushing and he only played half the season last year. So <clears throat> he did not pass the ball very much. And that was ultimately his downfall when they lost their playoff game to the chargers. So again, I think their defense will take a big step backward this year. When you lose your leading tackler, who was CJ Mosley and you don't have a replacement just ask the Steelers what happens when you take away your best inside linebacker who has the ability to rush the passer and cover the pass. And it's pretty much like the vote, like the, the play calling guy and leading tackler of your team get removed from that scenario. Your defense suffers. The middle linebacker position is probably the most underrated position in football point blank period. If you do not have a good inside linebacker, your defense suffers. And especially in this pass era league, which means to me that they decide to say, we're not playing with a good inside linebacker, but we got Earl Thomas, and I'm going to use Earl Thomas to move him inside the box, play him in the box. If you do that, you are now taxing your secondary because you are forcing a single high-look safety, or you could go into a nickel look. Either way, your lighter packages are on the field. You either go single high or you go nickel, and you now are subject to run the football on you. You won't be as good against the run and they were excellent against the run last year, but they also lost, like I said, all these good pieces of their defense. I don't see how you can come back from that. They could surprise me, maybe try to try to, you know, the people they either drafted or people they had in the works on the practice squad could come out and make a splash play. The Ravens are extremely well coached. Their ownership's great. I don't see that being an issue, but like I said, if you look at the big, the, the Holy Trinity, you have they have two of the three down pat. They have great ownership and they have a great head coach. But what they don't have is they don't have a quarterback who's proven and tried in this league and that ultimately places them below where I think the Cleveland Browns will play. And also, they have a first place schedule because the Ravens won the division. So they're two... Interconference opponents this year are the Chiefs and the Texans, both who I think will ultimately have the upper hand on them. I think teams having film on Lamar Jackson this and and this team will struggle to run the football against opposing teams because they saw how much heavy run Lamar used last year. And I think what they will do is they will load the box, put eight guys in the box against the Ravens, and say, "Beat us with your arm." 
and it'll be up to Lamar Jackson to either prove that he can throw the ball or prove that he cannot. And this experiment with Lamar Jackson will either be successful or it will fail. I don't see anything based on what I saw last year and the talent they got around him to basically say, I think this guy can really get it done. I don't think he's proven to me at any point that he can pass the ball at a high level. He was missing wide receivers when he was passing before. He was all over the place. He's also a skinny, tall guy who I think can get hurt easy if he gets hit a lot, which if they make him run the ball as much as they did last year, he will get hit a lot, and there's a potential that he could get hurt. I just don't see the Ravens being as good as they were last year. I see them as a 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight win team. Again, playing too many high-powered offenses this year on a depleted defense in a sophomore year from Lamar does not bode well, in my opinion. They can get off to a good start, but only playing two real AFC contenders in their first five games, they can that can help them get off to a, for a good start. But by the middle of the season is where it gets really, really tough for them. They play a lot of great teams back-to-back, and I just don't trust that Lamar Jackson or that defense will be able to stop any of those high-powered quarterbacks they have to play. Again, they have to play the Steelers twice this year. They have to play everybody I already listed on that list, plus the Chiefs and the Texans. That's a hard schedule for them. It'll, we'll see how it goes down, but I just don't I don't feel comfortable labeling Lamar Jackson as the savior of that team. I believe they'll be third in this division. Now for the Browns. Everybody wants to talk about the Browns this year. You've heard me talk about them many times. I don't believe in this team whatsoever. I'm not buying into the hype. There are just too many factors that I've talked about at nauseum on this program. The biggest thing in question is the big three here. Okay, again, the holy trinity. Coach, or owner, coach, quarterback. I don't believe they have a good ownership group. Okay, they've made some better moves in this season and getting John Dorsey at general manager and some other things. But their coach is brand new. He's never been a head coach at any level at any point of his career ever. I'm talking all the way to high school, middle school level. And the quarterback play is up in the air again. Yes, Baker Mayfield had a great season last year when he played. He had he led the league in, in a in completion percentage with like 71% of his passes were completed. That's great. I do think Baker Mayfield ha- is a talented, talented quarterback. But I also think he lacks the the leadership skills to keep this team from falling apart if something bad were to happen. There's too many high-explosive character guys on this team to where if one thing goes wrong, there will be internal conflict, and the new head coach will not be able to stop the, like the, the madness. It just will not happen. Like I don't understand why we are so easy to forget that this team struggled to draft a quarterback three seasons ago Okay, that was just three seasons ago. They struggled mightily to find a guy. Their ownership is bad. They got a brand new head coach. Okay, like I said, the quarterback is extremely opinionated and very outspoken. He's saying things that get him in trouble with the team already, and they haven't even played any games at all this year. And I feel ultimately that rookie quarterbacks almost always take a step back in their sophomore year. With tape on them, and having a new head coach trying to juggle the egos on this team is just too much for a guy who is trying to establish his system. Okay, that is Freddie Kitchens. The Browns have a star-studded roster, and I'm not doubting that whatsoever. But last year, 
they had a last place schedule. They went seven, eight, and one. Let's not let's not forget that. Okay, I'm pretty sure the Browns were like two, and I think they were like two and seven against first place team, or two seven and one against like winning teams this last year. Something like that. Two five and one, two seven and one. I have to look that up again to get that stat correct. But they couldn't beat winning teams. Okay, they lost to winning teams. So. Now they have a middle of the rack of the of the pack schedule. The Browns have to play everyone that I mentioned before, plus they have to play the Titans and the Broncos. The Broncos are now using uh Joe Flacco at quarterback. Joe Flacco used to play the Browns every year twice a year for the for his entire career up until this point. He knows what the Browns are capable of doing. He's seen their defensive looks plenty of times. I would not be surprised if they cannot beat the Broncos this year. And I think they open up with the Titans. I think that's going to be a hard game for them. The Titans are a good, solid team. They have a great offensive line. This is a proving year for Marcus Mariota. There's going to be factors in this game, but their defense is also really good. I see that that game's going to be a close game. It's a, it's a toss-up for me. I don't know what the line is right now. I don't know how they're going to open up. I would assume that the Cleveland Browns would be favored, but I just don't see them being successful against that team. I think it'll be a toss-up. They play more primetime games than like than they ever had before. They have four primetime games. And they're in the beginning slash middle of their schedule is grueling. They play, like I said, great teams right at the beginning with the Patriots and the Rams and the Titans. And they have to play the Steelers twice back-to-back in three weeks. They go week 11, they play the Steelers. They have another game, and then they play the Steelers again in week 13. This, this schedule is hard for them. This will be a proving point for the Browns. They're either going to make me look like an idiot or they're going to make me look like I was right the entire time. And But I'm not banking on them making me look like an idiot. I'm banking on this team going 8-8, eight and eight, possibly maybe 9-7. and seven. Okay, right now, Vegas has them as, as, a, as, the win, as the win on the line set as 9, and I would take the under. If I was, if I, I'm actually considering betting this because I just can't believe that they, that Vegas has them saying they can win nine games. I would play. I'm going to play the under. I think ultimately, last time I checked, they were plus 140 for winning the division. If you could short that bet somehow, that would be the best bet ever. Bet that they will not win the division, and I guarantee you, you would make a lot of money if you could short that bet at plus 140. That's their odds of them winning the division. If you could short that bet. I would take that bet. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if worse if they were worse than Baltimore and they, they got out of second place. I think the biggest battles that you were going to see in this division in the AFC and the AFC North are when the Browns and the Ravens play each other twice a year. That'll be the all, the biggest games of the year for both the both of those teams because they both have rookie quarterbacks. They're both trying to establish themselves back in the top of this division. And ultimately, it'll decide who is either going to try to stay in contention to win the AFC North or ultimately control a wild card spot in the AFC. Okay, last but not least, who I'm crowning AFC North champions. And granted, everyone, you have to take this with a grain of salt. I'm doing this surely because there's not a lot of sports to talk about. And I'm doing this for every single NFL team as we go forward. But this is barring any type of catastrophe at, at any major injury level, okay? 
this is how the rosters are set now. Okay, it's easy for anyone to predict how if nothing changes from here to then. But there is so much that could happen over a season based on injuries and all that. Right, that none of these are set in stone. Okay, these are all penciled in. All right, you have to take that as a grain of salt. Of with this is if no, nobody got injured and nothing happened, which we know does not happen in the NFL. So number one in the AFC North. I'm going to get a lot of stick for this because everyone knows I'm a hardcore Steeler fan, but honestly, it is the Steelers. They will win the AFC North. I've already said it multiple times on the show. And take their rightful place on top of this division where they belong. Listen, they have a tough schedule as well. But again, let's look at the big holy trinity, okay? They have one of the best owners in sports. No one will dispute how well the Rudys have managed this team and done right for the city and the organization. Mike Tomlin is in the same category as Pete Carroll that I talked about before. He isn't the best coach in the league, but he's in the top 10, and he's had he hasn't had a losing season in his entire 12 years at Pittsburgh. And that has all to do with the biggest part of the Trinity and the third part of the Trinity, and that's Ben Rosberger, because Ben Rosberger has been a part of Tomlin's career since he got here. He's the best quarterback in this division. And he led the NFL in passing. Last year, Big Ben led the NFL with, in passing yards with five with 5,129 yards. This is a passing league. Everyone knows this is a passing league. That's the way the, the, the this whole thing is trending. I understand that the Browns did a little shock and awe by changing the narrative, but that's not going to work if a team decides to load the box on you. This is a passing league. Ben Roethlisberger led the league in passing. He also led the league in interceptions, and I won't leave that stat out there. But I believe that stat will diminish with the loss of Antonio Brown. I honestly believe that a lot of those interceptions were forced balls that Ben tried to put at Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown demanded the amount of catches that he wanted. Also, the other big statistic that helps back up my argument is that the Steelers have all members of their offensive line, offensive line returning this year, and Pro Football Focus ranks that offensive line number one in the NFL. Okay, this game is one in loss through the trenches. Everyone who has studied the NFL, anyone who has played football, understands that everything that you do in the game starts up front. If the Steelers can came back with this like number one offensive line and everyone stays healthy, barring any injuries, that's huge for the Steelers. And if the Steelers do what I think they will do and rein in the pass a little bit and go 60-40 in their run in their pass run split, because last year was more like 70-30, maybe 75-25. And this they can ultimately run the ball better. They have a better offensive line than probably anybody besides the Browns. And I think the Browns don't have the tackles they need. I think the Browns' interior offensive line is okay, but the Steelers have the best offensive line in the division. They have the best quarterback in this division. They have the best coach in this division. They have the best ownership in this division. There's no way I see this team like losing this division unless they do it to themselves. Either it's all self-inflicted wounds or they get the, barring any major injury. That's what ultimately I think will happen. And the Steelers have a second-place schedule, so that gives them the Colts and the Chargers as conference opponents. Those are tough teams to play. They now play all those quarterbacks I talked about before in Brady and Jared Goff and um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, plus Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers. That's a hard schedule to play. You play all those guys this year. 
plus your entire division twice. So that, like I said, that gives them two more top-tier quarterbacks to deal with this year. I believe that ultimately that makes it harder, but the the better thing about the Steelers' schedule is that all those games are front-loaded in their schedule. So they have to they have to play good football up until the bye where they get a week eight bye. And then the second half of their season is pretty much all the lower-rung teams in Cleveland twice. And I think Baltimore and Cincinnati once. So if they can get through the tougher part of their of their schedule, which is the, the front part of their schedule, I believe that the rest, after that bye, when they come back and everyone stays relatively healthy, this team can come back and win 10 to 11 games this year. It's, it's not... It's not impossible. I think it's 100% uh, plausible that the Steelers win 10 to 10 to 6, 10 or go with 10 or 6, 11 and 5, win the division and and that'll be it. And everyone will see that this team is back and no one will will judge or think that I was wrong and I think ultimately that's what you're going to see this year out of the AFC North. Again, this division is going to be really interesting. I believe we can all agree that those three teams that I mentioned with Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh will be battling in this division. This division has hard opponents this year. It's not an easy schedule at all. But I just don't trust I just don't trust any of those other two organizations with, with second-year quarterbacks and teams that have decimated on defense. In fact, the Steelers found their weakest link on defense, drafted him in the first round, moved up to get him. Okay, the Steelers, one, have always drafted pretty well, probably in the top 10 in the league in drafting. They have the best quarterback in the league, or not in the league, but in their division. Best quarterback in the division, best coach in the division, and ultimately the best offensive line in this division. I just don't see how anyone can sleep on this team, barring anything crazy such as injuries. And like I said before, that goes across the board. Okay, if anybody gets a major injury, that can ultimately just wipe out the records that I installed in this whole matchup. So you have to take everything I'm saying here with a grain of salt. This is all in a vacuum. But again, that's what I believe. That's what I see happening. And I am ready for this season to start up immediately. I can't stand this whole in-between part where we don't have anything to talk about sports-wise. At any rate, um, again... So next episode, I'm going to be doing the NFC North. So that's the Bears, the Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, and uh, the Detroit Lions. And I'll go through who I think will be the powerhouse of that division. Again, that division is going to be um, a tough division. The Bears are for real. I think um, you're, you're going to have a better season out of uh, Minnesota. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back healthy. So I I think that's going to be an interesting division. It's going to be, um, and the Lions got, uh, I think the Lions are going to be better as well. I don't think they're going to win that division, but I think they're going to be better. Better. They're going to be able to contend. So this is an interesting, interesting division as well. I will get into that next, in the next episode. I might drop um, a few episodes about some current event stuff that happened in sports as well in between there. But uh, I'm going to try to put out as many episodes as I can. So when I go back to work over the weekend there, you guys have some content to listen to. So again, I appreciate everybody taking the time listening to uh, the show. Please 
share the show with uh, anybody that you might think would be interested in any of the, the topics I talk about. Uh, again, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, here on Anchor, the Anchor website. You can listen to me on Spotify. I'm on a whole bunch of other stuff that I won't go into because I don't think they're as big as platforms. But you can find it if you go to the Anchor website, which is in the link in my Instagram page, at The Rant with Eli. Or you can email me, and I'll give you the link at um, therantEli at gmail.com. You can email me and ask me questions. You can email me in response to anything I said about this program. If you want to debate me and you say, hey, I think you're 100% wrong on any of these topics about the AFC North, please email me, DM me on Instagram. Let me know why you think I'm wrong. I'm not going to sit there and not listen to your argument. In fact, I want people to talk about it. That's why we do sports. That's why we talk about sports on this platform or any type of media platform. People want, everybody has an opinion on who they think will be good. I'm just doing this and I'm giving you my opinion. I ultimately did research to back up my my opinions. You can agree with me or you don't, whatever, that's fine. But ultimately, again, I just want to say thanks for listening. Um, continue to share this, please. And uh, I'm going to keep keep doing all these episodes about the NFL team. So thanks a lot, guys, and I'll see you when I see you.